Sound, presented by Banks, a podcast for cannabis professionals. Hey seedlings, welcome back to Seed to Sound. If it sounds a little funny, that's because I'm in a room without any soundproofing. We recently moved and are still getting our studio up and running, but I wanted to say a quick hello before we jump into our highlights episode. Thank you so much for listening, and we'll be back with brand new episodes of Seed to Sound in September. What is the biggest myth? about cannabis that you'd like to dispel. Cannabis is among the most misunderstood industries in the world. So we asked the experts. I'd like to dispel the myth that everyone working in the industry simply consumes cannabis <laughs> all day. I know many hardworking professionals in this industry. It's not all fun and games. These are very high-risk jobs, and we take them very seriously. I, I really think just because, I mean, this one might hit close to home for us personally, and especially in our space, like the whole stoner kind of vibe people throw on cannabis, and especially people that smoke cannabis, I think is a little absurd. Just the amount of people I know in this industry that, you know, consume, you know, whether it be regularly or just socially or whatever, that are absolute hustlers that, you know, are, in my opinion, doing way more every day than people that might not be out there smoking weed doing their thing. But I think, yeah, at the end of the day, that's kind of one of the biggest things that I think I'd like to break down is just that, that overall image is like that stoner mentality that people just sit sit on their couch all day watch movies and smoke weed that's really not the thing anymore sure. um, just because you're you are just because you do smoke weed doesn't yeah. mean that you can't also be extraordinarily productive and and accomplish really mountains of work exactly i think the biggest myth that i'd like to dispel is that it's not about getting stoned that's the biggest myth I want to uh, expel. Absolutely. Cannabis in low dose, you can be very functional. It's not just for quote unquote stoners. It's not for lying just on the couch, whether it be uh, as a topical that you put on your elbow before you play tennis or whether it be a go bean that you take before a workout or midnight before you go to sleep. It's not just about getting stoned. That everyone's making money. I can't say it enough. People think that we're making millions of dollars and maybe the investors at the highest level are, but your everyday operators, we're just trying to, we're trucking along. We're trying to do the best that we can. <laughs> and every dime goes back into the business for a lot of these nascent businesses. Absolutely. For me, I think kind of harping on an old issue, but it's still out there, is the stoner mentality. Um, I work with amazingly productive and achieve achievement worthy people who just happen to use this product on the side and it's funny almost never do I run into that issue but sometimes you travel somewhere and somebody's like oh you work in cannabis what does that mean and like oh are you getting stoned all day no we are not we are professionals we bring professionalism to the table and we just happen to like a project product that you know could change the world that all we do is sit around and smoke all day and do nothing <laughs> Um, well, th there's probably two big ones. The first one is that we're just a bunch of stoners getting high at work. Um, yeah, well, that's if you work, a big one. Yeah. <laughs> well, if you get a job at Coors, you're not a bunch of drunks getting s drunk at work, right? True. So I that think is, at least. Well, yeah, I think. <laughs> and, and if that's not the case, well, maybe I'll see if they're hiring. But um, the fact is that is not the case at all. Uh, we have a zero tolerance policy. If you come in baked, Good. you're going home. I mean, just like if you come in drunk. So, right. Um, you know, again... That's a stigma that back in the early days that that probably was the case more often than not. But now as we're maturing, those those types of things are not tolerated. Um, so that's one stigma. I think the other big one is that we're just a company just rolling in cash, 
just big old bank vaults yeah. with you know Scrooge McDuck diving into his gold. And the fact of the matter is that is not even remotely the case either. Um, I love know. the visual. Though. Yeah, I mean, who doesn't really? Um, but you know, the the way the thing, the way the government taxes and and the the banking system challenges, yeah. and the fact that you know we can't write things off the same way other companies can. Right. We are very much not rolling in in money, um, and we're also not dealing in cash. I mean, we are working with banks, and or I should say, credit unions. Uh, I get direct deposit checks. I don't get a stack of hundreds every time I'm getting paid. So uh, I think that's another kind of myth that that it's just it's money everywhere and it, it really that that is not the case yeah there is a, a a massive misconception that this industry is rolling in cash you know we we have a very large financial burden with the federal government nearly every cannabis operator that i know in colorado has been under audit from the irs um, under Section 280E, which effectively views us as um, federal drug launderers. And so we, um, what we're trying to do at the federal level, again, is we're trying to, you know, remove this state versus federal law under, you know, under the circumstances in which 280E was put in place by Congress, this, this, this was the appropriate mechanism to deal with narcotics traffickers. Um, but under it never contemplated that there would be state legal businesses that would be, you know, trying to conduct these businesses in a regulated fashion um, and be being very transparent about how they were operating. Um, and, and so we, we do we have upwards of 70 to 80 percent federal tax penalties. So it's not a tax rate that is upon us. It's a penalty. Um, and. Uh, that I think is hard because they're, you know, even in some of the conversations that are ongoing in current events, it's like, where's all the weed money? And well, you know, we, the Colorado has seen $6 billion in sales. But when you look at that, that's the, the drop of a bucket in the entire um, actual state legislative um, budget. And right. so I, I would just, you know, caution people that if their expectation is to get rich quick, that they're going to be very disappointed. A lot of people think, uh, for lack of a better word, it's a bunch of stoners in a warehouse growing weed. And really, it is a lot of hard work and regulation and thought. Um, I don't want to say blue collar, but maybe green collar type of <laughs> yes. work. Oh, I green like collar. that. Uh, can we make type that of work? a thing? We, we can. Uh, <laughs> but it, it really is. It's a lot of elbow grease uh, to get from a seed to to what we try to provide our customers and the people who aren't afraid of hard work uh, and aren't afraid of ambiguity and change um, and who are adaptable. The people who are honest, hardworking, and don't lie, steal, or cheat, uh, like any industry, are, are going to rise to the top and they're, they're going to succeed. The biggest thing for me, and it was kind of the, the big myth that I had going into this before I had my interview uh, with Native Roots, is that we're all lazy stoners. Um, I think that could be couldn't be further from the truth, to be honest. Um, I think if you're lazy in this industry, they're going to have a really hard time working in cannabis. It's moving so fast. There's so many things going on. Uh, you really have to be on top of your game, um, you know, and, and we're doing something pretty, pretty incredible. And in order, in order to get there and, and keep pushing forward, especially as we become federally legal, cross our fingers, um, you know, we can't be lazy and it's, it's nearly impossible. And so, um, you know, through the people that I hire personally and through the solutions that we choose, we're seeing that, you know, these myths are, they're becoming debunked. 
uh, we're doing our best to do that. I think uh, from a technological perspective, it's a little bit harder influence, influencing customers. Um, but internally, I can do that. And these conversations I'm having with people outside of the cannabis industry, um, I think are meaningful. And I think people are starting to realize like, wow, you know, you're using the same tools I'm using at my Fortune 500 company. Awesome. Well, how are you doing that? You know, when you're getting those type of questions, people understand Oh, they really know their stuff. They're not just sitting in a dark room smoking pot <laughs> as lazy <Exactly>. stoners. <laughs> Seed to Sound, presented by Bangst, a podcast for cannabis professionals. Produced by Hannah Holmgren, music by Tyson Weigel. For more information, visit bangst.com. Thanks for listening to today's show. To check out more great cannabis podcasts, go to podconnects.com. Here's a preview of one of our other shows. Hey there, this is Cheryl Murray Powell Esquire, and I'm the host of the Terps in the City podcast. I am a cannabis agricultural dietary supplement and trade attorney. I'm also a hemp farmer, and I've been recently named to the list of High Times Magazine's top 100 influencers in cannabis. I'm inviting you to follow me along my journey as I move back to New York to support the adult use market there. You're going to get a chance to listen to conversations with some of my friends along the way. I look forward to seeing you at Terps in the City.